You're listening to the Quince podcast. Imagine waking up to a new year and finding yourself on sale. Your photograph has been used without your permission on an app where you're listed for an online auction. That's exactly how more than 100 Muslim women in India were greeted into the new year. On 1st January 2022, Muslim women with significant social media following including several activists and journalists found themselves being auctioned off by anonymous accounts through a web page on GitHub called Bullybuy. Screenshots shared by some of the targets show their photos and Twitter handles being shared along with a message, quote unquote, your bully buy for the day. But as disturbing as this experience is, unfortunately it's the second time in less than 6 months that such a despicable thing has happened where women have been targeted for their religious and gender identities without a single arrest being made in connection to any of the incidents. As the repeated offence raked up massive outrage on social media platforms once again, the app was taken down. In terms of police action so far, Delhi and Mumbai cyber teams have filed separate FIRs against unknown persons with charges of sexual harassment, intentions to insult the modesty of a woman, promoting enmity on grounds of religion, and imputations prejudicial to national integration. The Delhi police has also sought information from Twitter about the account that first tweeted about the bully by app. and information about the app developer from GitHub but does all this inspire confidence given the police's inaction in the first incident is it the same inaction that has emboldened the culprits for a repetition of such a misogynistic and islamophobic harassment at a time when attacks on minorities are at an all time high in the country in this episode you'll hear from arshi qureshi and fatima khan who were both targeted in the bully by app as they narrate their harrowing experience We will also be speaking to cyber policy and cyber security experts Apar Gupta the executive director of Internet Freedom Foundation and Karan Saini who's a Bengaluru based security analyst to understand what course of action should the police be ideally taking how exactly GitHub functions and where is the accountability You're tuned into the big story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you I'm your host Shorbri Only about 6 months back on 4th July 2021 news had broken on Sully Deals an app and website that had taken photos of women from the public domain to create their profiles on the app describing them to be quote unquote deals of the day once a user opened the app Sully or Sulla are derogatory words used to describe Muslims in slang and bully buy which works similarly is understood to be a spin on that derogatory term Both the apps were created and used on GitHub which is a hosting platform with a repository of open source codes. However, in the second app, Punjabi language was used in the interface. While there were no actual auctions or buying or selling taking place in either of these apps, it's the fetishization of Muslim women and Islamophobia bundled together that is at the core of such a kind of harassment, Arshi Qureshi says. She was one of those who were targeted in the bully by app. so uh, it was first january this uh, first january and i thought like i'll start my new article honestly so i opened my laptop i went on twitter so i saw my name being retweeted mm. saw the notifications so when i went through it uh, so there was this person has uh, tweeted saying the list of handles 
under this tweet are the people who've been mentioned in that this bully by app. Mm. So first I did not understand. So I was I just went scroll through my Twitter. Then I saw Ismat's tweet. Mm. Then again I went back to that tweet. Then uh, I again I just kept saying like I just want I was kind of processing what's going on right now. Mm. Then I texted this person like, do you have any proof? So he said, yeah, I archived it. Hmm. Then he sent it to me. Okay, these are the list of. So he sent me the screenshot of this. Uh, he saw sent me the link. Then I saw that, and my name was there. So then I realized that okay, this has happened. So I kind of I felt really numb. I called up my friend because I just wanted to, I mean, just wanted to rant. Basic, not rant. Also, I just wanted to tell someone. Hmm. So I called her up and I told this has happened. And I was trying to process. My hands were actually numb, and I the entire day I couldn't like I had to submit my report, yeah. but the entire day I couldn't because I was trying to just figure out what's happening. And at the back of my mind, my first thing was I hope my parents don't find about this. I mean that will be scary. I just don't want my parents because of course they do not kind of understand yeah. how it goes on. So, yeah. I would say, like this is my personal opinion, they're kind of threatened. So when it comes to Muslim women being vocal, mm. see, a Muslim woman is seen with a different lens. Mm. Majority, like the majority sees them, even the minority. I mean, I'm saying that most people see them more submissive mm. and veiled because that is the kind of that's the way they've been portrayed mm. since centuries in movies, in serials, in whatever that in international movies they portrayed in a certain way, and when like certain people see them okay this woman is speaking out and and we are speaking out in the current state of the country the way minorities are treated we are speaking out against the atrocities mm. so this is not the first time like of course i get dm saying like they abuse me and everything they say a lot of things mm. but that won't stop us so this is the thing that threaten threatens them that how can a woman muslim woman speak yeah yeah It, it's about patriarchy The Queen's journalist Fatima Khan was targeted both times. The first time around, she says, a lot of those who were targeted were women who were vocal about opinions on the state or issues pertaining to hate crimes against the Muslim community. She believes that Sully deals was an attempt to silence them. But the second instance, Bully Bai, points to a blatant anti-Muslim crime. She says, "See, last time what I realized uh, uh, was that pretty much all the women on the list were." people who were you know either journalists or activists or just people with a kind of a vocal uh, uh opinion of things happening around the world especially when it comes to hate crimes against muslims yeah and they were very vocal and they they, they made sure that they have a public presence this time i don't think that's necessarily the case a lot of women who uh, you know later reached out to me and they were really really hapless and just really uh, panicky about the- whole thing and these they were like you know we haven't even put out a tweet ever we we in the pictures we don't know what's happening so i think this time the intention has, last time i i felt like the clear intention was to say that look you are a vocal muslim woman and you're not allowed to have these kind of opinions you this goes against the very stereotype or the imagery that they have actively propagated and built up the indian state as well as the media as well as everyone complicit in this thing that okay muslim women are supposed to be oppressed they don't they're not supposed to have a voice um they are not supposed to have opinions and even was off that you know that they are 
oppressed inside their homes they're beaten up by their husbands or fathers that's the kind of image that has been actively propagated so this kind of went against that mm. uh, so in order to counter that this this was a good way to say you know shut up stay in your lane this time i think they've kind of gone ahead and i don't know what if they used an algorithm of some sort but pretty much i mean any muslim woman with a twitter account um in and around delhi ncr even outside bombay bengal everywhere uh, they found themselves on the list so it is i think in in a very real sense uh, an anti muslim hate crime where they're also sending out a message to uh, muslim families and muslim households uh, and i'm i'm afraid i'm scared of the repercussions that this may have inside um you know people's homes or people's lives uh people's livelihoods people's jobs uh because this can have a very chilling effect When Fatima found herself being quote unquote auctioned on Suli deals in July 2021 it had left her tangibly traumatized but finding her photos on sale on Bully Buy again for the second time made her feel demoralized this especially given the police's poor track record with the investigation around Suli deals last time was actually just so much more traumatizing because i was away from home and family and i was on this very difficult assignment and i saw it and i almost felt like violently ill i started puking and it was just a bad thing the whole time you know interestingly this time around i found out a day before the rest of the world did so i think on 31st is when that handle the twitter handle started tweeting individual uh, screenshots of the various women on the list and on 31st uh, i saw it and because that person that account had tagged me i saw it and uh, because i was in the last list as well i had kind of gone through the whole rigmarole one whole time and i kind of honestly by this time was really frustrated and exhausted because it was just really long exhausting process last time that led to nothing uh, and it was very demoralizing so this time when i saw it I was like oh god not again and um you know frankly I just did not have it in me to even outrage I was just so done beyond any kind of like energy uh left in me to even tweet it out so I was just it's unfortunate but part of me was just hoping that you know this is just one or two tweets and this account will delete it and it will be the end of it and uh you know it won't end up becoming a whole thing um but of course it got picked up the next day you know some of the other women on the list saw it and they tweeted about it and rightly so um and th- that's when i kind of realized that everyone started speaking about it and i should put out something too uh because i feel like as journalists or anyone in that list you know not everyone in that list has a following or or even like a public platform mm. or a voice per se uh, or familial or you know just conditions social conditions that are conducive to them speaking up so i felt like of course i have that and i am privileged enough to have that so i should make a point and i should say something about it and this feeling of demoralization or the lack of expectation from police investigations has been echoed by several women who've been targeted in this app as the delhi police tweeted informing that it has taken cognizance of the matter hasiba a twitter user who was targeted both times tweeted saying quote Delhi police had filed an FIR in May with you but you've done absolutely nothing. Now they're back with this. Good job protecting women. Will you do anything now at least? End quote. Nabia Khan, another Twitter user said, quote, 
you have never provided me a copy of the FIR registered on my complaint against the violation of my dignity and crimes committed against me. I'm still waiting for it. It's been five months already. What action will you take this time? End quote. Hiba Beg wrote, quote, You did nothing to stop the last time and here it is again. I've censored myself. I hardly speak here anymore. But still, I'm being sold online. I'm being made deals out of. End quote. And perhaps the anger against the police is not unjustified, given that far from speedy action to protect women in the digital space, even six months after the Sully Deals incident, not a single arrest has been made. FIRs had been filed, accounts connected to the derogatory posts were deactivated, the NCW had taken suomoto cognizance of the episode, GitHub was sent a notice and asked to share IP address of the webpage and details about the registrant, and then nothing. The whole matter died down without any of the perpetrators ever being caught or punished. Why hasn't a single culprit been caught? Fatima believes that this has been a pattern in crimes against minorities where perpetrators have enjoyed a certain kind of impunity. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious why I feel like in uh, across the last couple of years, any and every Muslim hate crime has been dealt, anti-Muslim hate crime has been dealt a certain way, dealt with a certain way, which is, uh, you know, the, the accused or the people who uh, actively boast about uh, perpetrating that hate crime, they enjoy a certain level of impunity. And I think that impunity is at the crux of all of this. I feel like we can keep tagging police handles and we can keep making all the noise and we should i feel like as as citizens we cannot give up on that um but i i don't have much hope when the quint reached out to github the response was the exact same as the last time i'm reading it out for you quote github has long standing policies against content and conduct involving harassment discrimination and inciting violence we suspend a user account following the investigation of reports of such activity all of which violate our policies, end quote. But is that an adequate response? How does GitHub function and where does accountability come in its policies? We take that question to Karan Saini, a Bengaluru-based security analyst, since this is the second instance that the platform has been used to perpetrate online harassment. He explains that while the platform does have automated moderation, it's not the same kind of moderation that social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram or Twitter have. But given these incidents of online harassment, accountability for user safety is something that the platform must look into. Yeah, so GitHub functions just just as any other online platform would. Um, They are, you know, they do have moderation on the website, which is automated. Uh, obviously not the same kind of moderation that you would have on social media platforms like say Twitter or Facebook um, and more so their moderation deals with say aspects of um, malicious files like you know files which have um, uh, you know signatures that are known to be malicious say maybe ransomware for instance or if someone puts leaked source code on GitHub um, for instance I, I believe Microsoft um, who owns GitHub, um, their own source code was leaked and then put onto GitHub by someone uh, on their own repository. And then Microsoft was obviously quick to take it down. So I would deal, I, w- I would say the kind of, um, you know, takedown requests that GitHub feels usually have to do with maybe copyright infringement or data security and uh, not as much as say with, um, you know, user safety or like safety of the people uh, uh, of a particular say background. So I would say this is definitely probably not the kind of moderation that GitHub is used to or has 
ever you, you know even had to like put in place um so in terms of accountability this is going to be something that they're going to have to address if it keeps happening again obviously um with the project sorry wait. so obviously with the um you know website that we saw uh, someone did point out that it's the same source code as the previous uh, website when this happened last year i believe um so the second iteration was obviously built off of the first one as well um and that might hint to say some like the same people being behind both websites um and yeah it's it's a i mean now it's it's a curious challenge for github to um you know tackle because usually their platform is not abused in this particular way coming to the police action now in bulibai as i've said earlier based on the complaint of a journalist the delhi police filed an fir Union IT Minister Ashwini Vaishnav has also said that the central government is working with police organizations in Mumbai and Delhi in this matter, but the police's slow actions have been gone unnoticed. The Delhi Commission for Women, which has issued summons to the Delhi police, noted that, "quote It is appalling that no persons have been arrested in the Sully deal matter by Delhi police, despite passage of several months. This callous attitude of the law enforcement agency has emboldened the culprits." End quote. They've also sought details of the accused and reasons for not arresting them, along with details of the actions taken against GitHub. Now, the Delhi police has sought information from both Twitter and GitHub about the users and app developers, as it should. but can no action be taken until github responds with user information and ip addresses three twitter handles at first share the bully by information is the cybercell not equipped to track these down apar gupta founder of internet freedom foundation explains why he believes that police action in both the cases has been deficient uh, the uh, reliance by delhi police on the repeated inaction by github to provide user account information which would be like the ip address which helps them locate these people is uh, i think it's a deficient uh, response given that github has a very clear policy uh, with respect to requests for law enforcement seeking user account information which needs to be done after a process which is called mlat Uh, multilateral uh, legal assistance treaty so they essentially uh, provide information when law enforcement info, uh, departments coordinate with the ministry of foreign affairs which just uh, with then sends a request to such kind of uh, organizations and this is done quite frequently by police departments the second issue which i would like to bring up is that the delhi police has registered a deficient fir so the fir it is registered on the salidis instance is only for uh, uh, offenses of obscenity and outraging the modesty of women however there are elements of hate speech also present given that specific members of minor uh, of uh, specific muslim women who are members of a minority have been targeted in order to uh, dehumanize muslim women much more broadly so i would say it's a it's a weak fir which has been filed so on these two instances i think there is sufficient basis for the assertion that the delhi police is not properly investigating this case uh, itself one more thing which is relevant to add is that the uh, uh, is the uh, is that the national commission for women as well as the 
Delhi Commission for Women have issued repeated notices to the Delhi police to file action-taken reports on what they are doing. And usually this should be done, right? Because from July till date, we do not have a clear status of how the uh, uh, investigation is proceeding even beyond what has been requested from GitHub. So we know to a certain degree of public knowledge that there were also certain Twitter accounts which were associated. Have details been sought from Twitter? When have they been sought? What details have been uh, uh, has been uh, uh, have been provided, etc., etc. Uh, have similar requests been made to GoDaddy, where uh, a domain which was registered with this domain registrar, uh, GoDaddy.com, uh, and uh, again, again the reliance. Uh, essentially, which is there by police sources, that uh, uh, that it is asked for details from GitHub. It needs to be a notice under the Criminal Procedure Code uh, to share the IP addresses of the web page, etc., etc., through the MLAT process, and that's not being done. As Mr. Gupta points out, in both the instances, there's no clarity on what actions the police or the government have taken exactly to investigate these cases. Since GitHub is headquartered out of India, it is governed under the Mutual Legal Assistance Treaty or the MLAT. And as we understand, any legal route will have to be taken under this process. But again, we don't know if the MLAT has been invoked or not. Secondly, we don't know if the new digital rules that were brought about by the Centre to prevent crime against women and children were invoked by the government or not. These rules, as we know, mandate intermediaries to identify users hosting offensive content within 24 hours. And previously, the government has been accused of exercising this power contentiously in a lot of cases. But we don't know if the same rules were invoked in this instance where actual harassment of women is involved. But what is the route that the law enforcement agencies can actually take in this regard? Mr. Gupta Vizen. There's not only tracking down. There are a whole range of policing functions which can be performed to prevent such incidences from occurring. It could be as simple as the Delhi police tweeting out at a regular basis that uh, any kind of targeting of uh, women from offering them for auction is an illegal activity which will uh, face uh, stern action. Uh, this will provide not only comfort to women, it will also provide a certain degree of deterrence to potential offenders. Secondly, the Delhi police does not need to wait to act when things are brought to its notice. And in fact, even with the Sully Deals instance, there was a substantial delay between the first reports, uh, which were on social media, then mainstream news reports, and then towards the filing of a FIR. This yes. becomes especially important because there's specific staffing within the Delhi police which has a uh, cyber crime cell at Dwarka to investigate these incidences. The third thing I'll mention here which also uh, needs to be done is uh, there needs to be prosecution of people who are identifiable, who are issuing threats and uh, and uh, and also uh, engaging in activities which are illegal under uh, quite often against Muslim women. One such act has in fact been noticed in a letter by Rekha Sharma, who is the chairperson of the National Commission of Women, in a um, letter dated 17th of August 2021. Uh, in which paragraph 2 she says that the commission has taken sumo motor cognizance of the media post caption so-and-so reported by London Top on 13 July wherein it was identified that two persons, namely Shingi Yadav and Krunal 
Sharma were posting derogatory remarks from Muslim women openly on various social media platforms, including Instagram. Now, this is a letter which has been sent to Instagram's public policy officer. However, this action, this uh, incident, sorry, on Instagram and uh, and the statement by Rika Sharma evidences that the police can easily identify. Uh, offenders, given that media uh, news publications are already doing it. So I think a larger environment of safety now needs to be created. Otherwise, women will feel very scared from participating on social media platforms and voicing their opinions. Evidently, there's a lot of action that the police can take to stop such acts. But will it be able to restore faith in its probe? If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quinn's website and check out our other podcasts.